It's the Field of 12's Best Bets show. We are back, presented as always by Bet Rivers. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I am ready to place some bets for this weekend's college football slate. My name is Greg Waddell. I'm joined by Jimmy Ott, a friend of Bet Rivers. Jimmy, how you doing today, my friend? Uh, uh, am I ready to place some bets? A trick question. I mean, what, what, what's going on here? I mean, yes, always ready, always locked and loaded, Greg. And I should have known that by now. Our <laughs> listeners definitely know that by now. Uh, we're going to run through all the big games of this weekend. As always, we've got our Moneyline Underdogs later in the show, a retirement parlay for you as well, and some very special offers the Bet Rivers is bringing out for this weekend that I will get to later in the show. Let's start with a team near and dear to my state here, Jimmy. Michigan, minus 23 at Indiana. The Wolverines are rolling right now, looking for their second straight 6-0 and start in back-to-back seasons. And they face a Hoosiers team that I don't expect to cause much trouble here, and I don't think the Lions makers do either. What do you think? That national televised game at uh, noon Eastern on Fox. And, uh, you know, Harbaugh in this role, uh, the bully role, has done exactly that. I mean, minus the Hawaii game where he pulled the plug. Um, he rolls it up pretty good. Uh, on the opponents. And uh, I mean, he beats the teams that he's supposed to. That's what he's done. Uh, not just this year, not this last year, but every year. Now, when they step up in class, whether it's Ohio State minus last year or in the college football playoff against Georgia uh, last year, that's a different story. But in this spot, uh, Harbaugh, the bully is uh, the guy. And, and look, Rick, I don't I don't like uh, betting, you know, over three touchdown games and things like that, because it's it's some you know, does the coach want to do it? It's some late, maybe it's decided with a backdoor cover with uh, second stringers in there and stuff like that. But in this case, um, Harbaugh is very profitable in this spot. I would take Michigan minus the points. So I think I'm leaning your way, but I'm definitely more nervous about this than I would have been two, three weeks ago. I got bit in a similar spot, laying the points, laying the two and a half touchdown spread when Michigan was playing Maryland. And yeah. look, that was a miss by me because Maryland clearly is a better football team than I took them for at that time. Uh, however, I think this Michigan team, while you're right, Harbaugh is a bully whenever he can be. I think they're very run reliant in order to get there. Like, I don't think this is going to be a team where J.J. McCarthy suddenly has the breakout game for five touchdowns, at least not this week. I think they need to be able to get Corum 25 carries for 250 yards and four touchdowns if that's going to happen. And Indiana's defense is pretty stout against the run, only giving up 3.3 yards per carry on the season right now. The play calls have been real conservative with McCarthy. I don't know if that's because they're saving him for the bigger games or if that's because they're still a little tentative with that. So for me, it's a stay away. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't feel great saying Indiana's going to cover. Michigan should do what Michigan should do here. I'm just a little more nervous about it than I would have been a few weeks ago. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that Indiana, the, the COVID year is more the outlier here. I mean, you know, if Paul Chris had that record at Indiana, they'd build a statue. Like he could show the <laughs> show the door uh, in Madison. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it's not my favorite play uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the week. But uh, you know, Indiana's given up over thirty points a game. I think Michigan should be able to score enough. All right, let's move to SEC country, where a big, 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 big game is coming this weekend. Tennessee minus three at LSU. This is. One week before Tennessee hosts the Alabama Crimson Tide, just to make note of that very clearly. What do you like in this one? Oh, are you hitting that 
Tennessee's looking past LSU for Alabama. Have they gotten to that point? I mean, the uh, the champions of life, the garbage can on the sideline, and now we're ready to, you know, uh, uh, look past uh, LSU. So, hey, man, uh, crawfish omelets and bourbon and cinnamon toast crunch, 11 a.m. local tick, uh, kickoff in uh, at Tiger Stadium. People not too happy, flat out pissed, actually, about the time of it, the Auburn-Georgia 30-point game. But those CBS execs have told us, the SEC media before, that anytime you get the number one team, you got to take them. Well, they have to make these uh, decisions 12 games in a, 12 days in advance. And at that time, Georgia was number one in a 30-point favorite to, uh, to win against Missouri. Had a scare. They dropped down. But that's how they do it. Yes, it's flawed. But here you go. So Tennessee comes in and... Tennessee has a huge advantage at quarterback. Jaden Daniels will not let the ball go. I mean, screaming at the to the point where the wide receivers had a wide receiver quarterback meeting, players only meeting this week. Dude, throw us the damn ball. I mean, Keyshawn Bootsy last week had one catch for seven yards. I mean, I mean, they got four pros at wide receiver, and he just will not throw it. He got he has to wait to see them open before he does it. He's not anticipating throws. Even Brian Kelly at his Monday press conference talked about how he's got to be more aggressive. Maybe it has something to do with his just 10 TD to non-interception Lear last year at Arizona State has him gunshot. Hooker, you you, you know, it's a right balance of being aggressive and protecting the ball. Man, is anybody better than him? I mean, 34 to three touchdown interceptions a year and a half since he started at Tennessee. He's the right, uh, really uh, a perfect quarterback in that regard. A little bit of an outside shot as a Heisman candidate. But I go back to the game at Pitt. And you remember when Tennessee went to Pitt and they, they survived in overtime. Keaton Slovis, the starting quarterback for Pitt, is knocked out right before the half. So Pitt goes to overtime with Tennessee with the backup quarterback for the entire second half in overtime, LSU's as good as Pitt, period. And Tiger Stadium, this just in, even at an 11 a.m. start, cinnamon toast, which I don't know, bourbon and Cheerios, whatever the hell you want, life damn cereal. They're, they're bringing the bourbon regardless. Uh, Tiger Stadium's a little bit tougher place to play. I like LSU uh, in this spot uh, over Tennessee. I am right there with you. I'm on LSU money line in this spot. I would certainly feel comfortable taking three points here as well. Uh, as long as there's bourbon anywhere by <laughs> 10 in the morning, I feel good that Death Valley is going to be scary. Look, LSU 3-0 at home this season. They're outscoring opponents 134-33 to in those games, including one decisive win against Mississippi State in that spot. They impressed me last week. As, as wild as it is to say LSU impressed with how they ended up just stealing that win against Auburn. They were down 17 to nothing and the door was wide open to lose that game. And they slammed it shut. Auburn had nothing going offensively once they hit 17. Uh, and this is the trap of all traps. The T stands for trap in this spot. Do I think Tennessee is <laughs> truly looking ahead to Alabama? No, but I think any team that has to play Alabama and finds themselves five and oh, kind of hearing, okay, we're a top 10 team and in hooker Heisman, you can't not look ahead in that spot. Any team's going to do it. I don't think Tennessee is that good to be able to do that and still go into Death Valley and get a win. Give me the Tigers. And, and, and the state game, I do think that Auburn was, they lost it actually more than LSU won it uh, on the Plains uh, last week. But LSU still won it. But it's the matchup against Mississippi State. That's a damn good passing attack. And LSU shut them down. 
after they gave up one, they gave up one touchdown for the entire game. When they scored that touchdown in the second quarter, they did nothing as LSU scored them 31 to three to end that game. Yep. All right. Let's move to the West Coast where we have a pretty massive matchup in the Pac 12 with conference title implications on the line. Utah is a road favorite in this one, minus four at a UCLA team, quietly 5-0 and right now off of a huge win uh, in the last couple of weeks, beating Washington that was sort of a statement win for a Bruins program that maybe 13 fans got to see up close. <laughs> what do you think, I think I was in the Rose Bowl for their biggest crowd ever when they were giving tickets away uh, for free last year for the UCLA-LSU game. UCLA has impressed me uh, so far. Now, that 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 non-conference schedule was not even close. They've always scheduled well, but that was the worst conference schedule that they've ever uh, put together. But 40-16 to 16 at one point before they kind of coast to the finish line, against uh against Washington last Friday night. It's funny we bring up Auburn because DTR, Darian Thompson Robinson, reminds me of an old Auburn quarterback. They Jason Campbell was um a you know five-star guy coming out. He, he started as a true freshman. They called him the future. Well for three years we called him the never. And then his senior season, 2004, they went undefeated. He went on to be drafted in the first round. Imagine that an SEC team goes undefeated and left out the two-team playoff at that time because Auburn and USC were preseason number one. But DTR, man, you talk about gifted guy, athletic, but, I mean, what are you doing? It is a a major, uh, I mean, a minor miracle that this guy was able to still start the many mental mistakes that he's made. He has cleaned things up. I know it's taken him five seasons, but still he has cleaned things up. So he's always been capable of the big play, but now he's making less mistakes as well and protecting the ball. Now, one quality game against Washington. Yeah, I saw it tuned up. And then it's some now, I mean, I could be wrong. He could revert back to the old DTR, but I, I see the quarterbacks are supposed to get better with reps, with experience. And five years starting is a luxury that nobody has. Uh, in in college football. I'm going to take uh, UCLA plus the four at home. Utah, I'm high on this Utah team before the season. I thought this was uh, Cal Winningham's best uh, team ever. But they are, it's a big difference in the splits home and away. Rice-Eccles Stadium, that place rocks, man. They are tough there. But on the road, as as intimidating as the Rose Bowl can be at times, okay, Greg? I'm still taking UCLA plus the four here. Jimmy, I love when you just speak sweet, sweet music into my ears because I'm with you on UCLA here as well. My biggest note for this game is essentially what you just hit nail on the head with. Is it crazy to say that I trust DTR more than Cam Rising? Because right now I do. And I could not have imagined saying that six months ago. I know how good this Utah team is. Their defense is a different animal than the Washington defense. But I still trust DTR and Zach Charbonnet to get going enough at home to at least take a lead early in this game. And I think this is one of those games where as a better, if you're on Utah minus four and UCLA goes up seven nothing in the first quarter, you get real nervous. I'd much rather be on the opposite side of that with the points in what I expect to be a really, really competitive game. Uh, also, you got to throw to beat this UCLA defense. Part of this is who they played this year, but they're only allowing 80 yards rushing per game. So is Utah is rising capable of going out and throwing 300 plus? I think he is, but I don't necessarily think that's how they want to win this game. 
so I don't know. I think everything points me towards maybe this is a spot that we're overlooking UCLA a bit. Take the four points for the home team and feel good about it watching a very, very entertaining game. All right, to Big Ten country where Ohio State looks like the big dog once again. They're going to East Lansing to take on my Michigan State Spartans. They're laying 27 and a half points as a road favorite. And yet I still think you got to feel good about laying the points here, Jimmy. Am I wrong? Uh, not my favorite game when laying these type of points. But, uh, yeah, and I tried to warn you about your Spartans early. I mean, I'm sorry, to, you know, but at least uh, I broke it to you early. Bell Tucker, are they passing a hat for him? That'll be a nice buyout. <laughs> so anyway, um, not my favorite game, but you know, when uh, Michigan state historically has, you know, has pulled off some upsets against Ohio state, kept them out of the playoff uh, before um, maybe uh, when they have a chance to just really drill them, they will um, cost 27 points. I mean, that's a ton, uh, not my favorite game, but uh, you know, Michigan state's not my favorite team either this year. Yeah, it, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be anyone's favorite team. Even people who we are, they are our favorite team. We're just devastated at this point. We don't even look forward to Saturdays anymore. Thank you, Mel Tucker, for that. Uh, look, last year this was a 56-7 to ball game, and Michigan right. State got a lot worse, and Ohio State, to me, got better. And I don't think you should overthink that. I don't care where this game is played. Mel Tucker calls East Lansing the woodshed. That's pretty aptly named for the way his team is going to get taken to the woodshed this week. Uh, I don't think this game's close into the second quarter at all. Now, there is some stuff here, just some voodoo type stuff where Michigan State hasn't lost 10 plus point games four times in a row since like 2002. This team's really bad. That's my answer to that. Can I get minus 10? Oh, is I, that, there anywhere where can I get minus 10? Yeah, let's go to the alternate spread. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, yeah, don't overthink this one. We know how good Ohio State is, and I think we know how bad Michigan State is. The points, it's not enough points. Take it. All right, back to the Pac-12, where Oregon is a 13-point favorite against Arizona. The Ducks have looked good in recent weeks. May I say Bo Nix has actually figured some things out? That scares me just to say that out loud. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, um, you know, good bow and bad bow uh, when he was in the SEC. And, uh, you know, Oregon as a team, though, has recovered nicely from that whipping uh, in Atlanta to start the season 49-3, where Georgia could not have beaten a team any worse than they did. Even the uh, second strength drove the ball down for uh, a touchdown as they never punted in that game. Uh, Delora is my guy, though. And, you know, Washington State, you know, the coach doesn't want to – you know, the, the COVID stuff, he's run out the middle of the year. It was kind of a mess. And, you know, it's the transfer portal era. I mean, people are going to poach your roster, and that's what Arizona did. The second-year coach at Arizona in Tucson is is really is, is kind of respected. It was sort of a sleepy kind of watch team before the season started. They are way improved. DeLar is thrown for 327 yards a game. Uh, I think this could be a little bit of a shootout uh, in Tucson here. I think the points – that's a lot of points in a row. Bo Nix does um, does uh, usually struggle a little bit more on the road. We'll have to see if he could continue to improve and polish things up. So you got to be fair. You know, he can clean things up like DTR did. Uh, but, you know, we saw him in that first uh, game against Georgia. And first down interceptions are a mortal sin. He threw two in the first quarter against Georgia. The SEC's in his rearview mirror. The Georgia's in his rearview mirror. Maybe he could build on him, but I think there's a lot of value with taking Arizona plus double digits at home in Tucson. 
So I was afraid you were going to say this because Arizona people might remember this in week two cost me $20,000 final leg of a parlay. I had Arizona money line to beat Mississippi state. And I'm thinking Delora's my guy. He can get this done ever since I've just spitefully watched their games. They are a very entertaining football team to watch. Uh, you're right in year two, this program is heading in the right direction. My fear here is that their two losses both of them have been blowout style, the Mississippi State one that is aforementioned. And then they lost by 18 points to a Cal team that just quite frankly doesn't impress me that much. You look at what Oregon's done the last few weeks, a lot of home games. I mean, a, a three touchdown win at home to BYU. They took care of business against Stanford last week. That was a 30 point game at one point. They went on the road and survived against Washington State, even though they were down early. Bo Nix made some very big plays in that game. I'm worried this team's a different team on the road, which scares me a little bit for this game. But I think this offense has the firepower and the defense has the talent to at least make a couple big plays. Maybe not stifle the Arizona offense every single drive, but capitalize on a couple turnovers, swing the game back and let the more talented team just sort of play out rep by rep by rep over this game. I'm going to lay the points with Oregon. I hate being on opposite sides with you. That doesn't feel good. Uh, mm -hmm. But I hope Bo Nix doesn't let me down. In well, this you know, being on the opposite side, you you know, uh, late Saturday night or Sunday morning is it will determine how you feel on being on the opposite side or with me or not. OK, I've had my fair share of winners and losers over time. But go back to that Mississippi State, Arizona game. State, first of all, is very good. One of the few teams in the country, top 25 in yards per play and yards per play defense. Also, Arizona, uh, you know, listen, uh, failed fourth down attempts or turnovers. Well, they had three turnovers. They were one for four on fourth down. That's six turnovers. So it kind of got away from them uh, as it was uh, still a one-score game at the end of three quarters. Um, is Mississippi State, how do they compare to Oregon? I think comparably. And I think that uh, Arizona was in that game uh, for a while. So we'll see. Uh, now, if they have uh, three uh, failed fourth downs or three failed uh, field goal attempts and three more turnovers, they're going to lose and not cover. But – I think those are more of the outliers. And the uh, turnovers is something that you just can't handicap. Yeah, turnovers are going to swing this game one way or the other, which makes for a very complicated game to bet for betters out there. All right, uh, a big game that is also a little complicated for betters right now with some injury concerns. Alabama, 24-point favorites. The line is minus 24 as of this morning against Texas A&M. And you're doing some sleuthing on what that means. Yeah, I think that uh, tells you that uh, Bryce Young is going to play. I mean, I understand that everybody's trying to bet Bama with both hands here. Uh, the little spat between Jimbo and uh, and Nikki in the summer. Uh, you know, ESPN's uh, popular pregame show, uh, on-site pregame show game day. When they were going back and forth, okay, the game day's four to five to be there. Lawrence, Kansas. I like it, though. Even, even an SEC guy like me likes a little competitive balance uh, in uh, college football. So this is a huge number. I mean, what the hell? I mean, what the F? I mean, I mean really, what, I mean, 24. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, Jordan, Auburn's getting 30 in one venue. A&M's getting 24. But one thing, you know, the rankings, college basketball, guys, you know this very well. Rankings mean what in college basketball? Zipola, nothing, okay? Well, in the, in the college football, they don't for one, but minus one thing, fading the rankings, okay? Preseason ranking. Can they get away from that preseason ranking? This team's no good. A&M's no good right now, okay? They should have lost to uh, they should have lost to uh, Miami. They got outgained by over 100 yards in that one. 
Uh, what's the other one they they won? They had no business. Arkansas. If they played in a college venue, it goes over the upright because they played an NFL venue. Uprights are higher. It hits, and they lose that one. Thank you, Arkansas. I had big one on that one with the money line. So they should be like one in four going into Tuscaloosa. So if you got to do it, I'll go with the public on this one. I'll lay it also. But 24, my goodness. I mean. Yeah, I just I can't get past the number. And I'm like you said, I want to tail <laughs> Nick Saban here. I want the the revenge curiosity of Nick Saban trying to just hang 100 points on Jimbo Fisher. But even if Bryce Young plays, (laughs) is he really going to do that with a quarterback who is legitimately injured? Like, and look, I'm not saying he's going to play him if he is injured, but like, regardless, if they're up 24 points at the end of the third, do we really think Bryce Young's taking snaps in the fourth at that, that point? Like, I don't know. It just scares me. And I'm not saying to bet Texas A&M because of it, but there's too many question marks going into this that as bad as I want to bet this game, it just gives me pause. Well, I know maybe he didn't get Tony Banks hurt at uh, at East Lansing, okay? But he sure got Matt Mock hurt, you know, running him up 36-7 for no reason. Lost his starting quarterback for the year. He sure, did you see what happened to him when he was in Alabama? Okay, let's do the tightrope procedure. That, how'd that work for him? So, I mean, oh, look, Nick, Nicky is the best, but he is not without fault. You're right. The only other thing I would say on Alabama, do we know how good they are? <laughs> I think I'm going to talk about this on After Dark a little bit. But I, I like, think I think like Saban, his teams are going. He's good. This just in, he's good. They they're going to get better over the course of the season. I've seen that, and I think this team is not a finished product right now. And I, yes, they got to find more explosiveness on the uh, on the outside. Their defense, their protection. Yeah, there's some things that need to be cleaned up. And I think they will. The thing that tells me Saban's going to do this. Everything that comes out of his mouth is about recruiting. That's what makes him a special college coach. When he came to LSU, we still labeled an NFL coach. He's going to the NFL, going to the NFL the whole bit just for the right offer. But AM, who's recruiting better than AM? He wants to make a statement to the recruits. So what looks better? 27-7 or 57-7? Yeah, as you said, this just in, you're not going to get rich fading Nick Saban in big spots. Uh, but yet that's where my gut's telling me I should be. I'm making a decision on this one Saturday afternoon, folks. All right. We have some quick hitters to get to. We will get to our, our underdogs of the week and our retirement parlay just shortly, but let's go to game day though. TCU is minus six and a half on the road at the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks. TCU eviscerated Oklahoma last week. What do you think of this one? Yeah, TCU, number two uh, in the country in yards per play. I mean, is that the same guy that was playing quarterback at West Virginia? He looks great. They also have a top 25 yards per play defense. I think uh, you saw what Iowa State did uh, to Kansas offense last week, held them under 200 yards, missed three field goals in the fourth quarter. I'm laying uh, I'm laying seven with the Horned Frogs here. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I think this Kansas team is absolutely going to get bit at some point, and it pains me. It hurts my heart so much to say that. The Jayhawks are my favorite team to watch in the country. Love everything about Jalen Daniels. He's great. Uh, He's fantastic, and I do think he's going to have a better week this week than he did last week where that offense was just stuck in the mud for two and a half quarters. But TCU's team speed on both sides is going to matter in this game. Six and a half. If you can get that number, it's down from seven. I'd feel pretty, pretty sweet about that. Another quick hitter here, Auburn plus 29 and a half against the struggling Georgia Bulldogs. The over-under is 49 and a half in this one. What do you like? 
Uh, I mean, it, it caught LSU off guard, sort of the extended RPOs uh, by the new quarterback for Auburn, but it still showed some life. Uh, that's a ton of points. I mean, with the now they have a chance to move the ball on offense. I'll take the 29 and a half in Auburn. Yeah, I, I feel the same partially because of where the Georgia offense is right now. Like, how many points do we feel confident Georgia's going to score in this game? If you're laying Georgia minus 29 and a half, do you just think Auburn doesn't score in this game at all? Or is Georgia getting in the 40s? No, no I agree. I agree. And uh, I think it's, you know, I mean, that is not the same team. Are they overlooking Kent State? Yeah, of course they are. Are they overlooking Missouri? Yeah, they were flat. And then they, they had to play their normal Georgia level ball in the fourth quarter or they're losing because they were down double digits in the fourth quarter uh, in Columbia. But no, I think that uh, there's just, there's a ton of points in this game. Auburn's a, a solid defense. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the points. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm going to be laying some big spreads this week. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. We will find out Saturday night. Uh, another one that intrigues me, BYU plus three and a half at Notre Dame. I think BYU is pretty solidly the better football team here, but anything can happen uh, in a road environment. And this game has not nearly the implications some thought it might have had earlier in the season. The Mormons and the Catholics in Sin City, huh? I mean, does it get any better? <laughs> I mean, so uh, the BYU brings a ton of people to Las Vegas whenever they go. I mean, they love it. So, um, Notre Dame is a little bit high. It went over the hot number at three. It opened up a low three. It's now over three. Uh, not my favorite game, but I would take BYU if I had to plus a three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I just think BYU is the better team and they're getting the points here. Seems off to me. Uh, maybe that's a trap. I don't know, but I'll take the points. Couple ugly big 10 ones, and then we'll get to our retirement parlay this week. Illinois minus three and a half against the Iowa Hawkeyes, who will certainly be punting the ball in this game. What do you like? Don't you think a little bit of a, a hangover effect from going into Madison and not just beating uh, Wisconsin, but uh, blowing their doors off? I mean, getting the coach fired, you know, uh, it it meant a little extra something for Brett Bielema, the former coach uh, at Wisconsin. Uh, we talked about uh, Illinois being a, a sneaky team. They, they won five games in Bielema's first year. I mean, he is – it's a tough place to win, but they don't need to be laying more than three, in a, uh, three to uh, Iowa – Iowa could have easily backdoored that game against Michigan uh, last week. Didn't do it on fourth and goal uh, inside the 10. But I would lean toward the points in this one. I'm not ready to say that Illinois is a program that could sustain and handle big victories like that without any consequence the following week. Yeah, this spread reminds me a ton of a spread last week, and that would have been the Purdue-Minnesota game, where Purdue, uh, a program that has – proven over the last five six years they're okay and they can win some underdoggy games on the road especially with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback against Minnesota who everybody loved the advanced metrics showed they've been a great football team this year but how do they handle all of that Purdue bites them although there were injury concerns with Minnesota we pray that doesn't happen with Illinois obviously knock on wood but give me the program that's just sort of been there and sustained success over time taking the three and a half here uh, in a weird spot. And then to the Purdue Boilermakers, who are three-point underdogs at Maryland this week, another team that has impressed people. What do you like there? Maryland's undefeated against spread, so they're going to deal with some uh, inflated lines. But uh, I, I like their team. I uh, I thought they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michigan and Ann Arbor. And if Tua doesn't go down, little Tua doesn't go down with the injury, um, I, I, and miss it, you know, that just that little time and compromise the rest of the game. 
I would have uh, I, I had Michigan on this multi-leg money line parlay in that game. And I thought I was fortunate because he got hurt uh, in that game. Not quite the retirement uh, parlay, but still, um, I, I, I'm taking Maryland. I'm, uh, I'm going to continue to ride them until I've had him for most of the season. I'll continue to take them here. Purdue benefited. Ibrahim, that, that injury is a big deal. That's a big deal. And P.J. Fleck cannot coach from behind. He is now 6-38 and 38 when trailing at half. So 63-8 and eight when leading at half. So row the boat needs lead. It can't handle no leaks in that boat. <laughs> it just, it's just that simple. So I'm going Maryland. Yeah, no amount of sunglasses at night will help PJ Flack avoid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me any team from the big 10 East that looks good against the spread right now. Give me them against any team from the big 10 West. I'm with you. All right. Couple special offers to announce from bet rivers this week. They are, doing some very, very kind things to the betters out there. We've got a Friday night bet and get where you can make a real money pregame wager of $25 or more on any college football game, receive a live 20% profit boost as soon as you place that wager. And then we've also got a parlay profit boost for Saturday. Make any college football parlay of three plus legs and you will receive a 20% profit boost in return, which leads me to a great parlay that you could tell along with us this week. It is the retirement parlay this week, Jimmy, 10 legs, $100 to win $45,399.14. I will fly through them because we're short on time. Florida money line against Missouri, LSU money line against Tennessee, Oklahoma State money line against Texas Tech, Northwestern plus 10 against the Christless Wisconsin Badgers, Kansas State money line at Iowa State, Washington State plus 12 and a half at USC. Florida State money line at NC State. Wake Forest money line against Army. UCLA to pull the upset money line against Utah. And Kansas money line pulling the upset against TCU. If Kansas is the only game I lose this week, Jimmy, I'm going to cry blue and red tears before next week's episode. All right, let's go to our underdog, money line underdog picks of the week. Uh, we You went big last week. I think you're going big again this week. What do you got? Yeah, man, I thought with uh, you know, 28 23 and about to get the ball back in Fayetteville, we had a shot, especially with Bryce Young being out, didn't work out that way. But hey, man, it's a, it's a long shot for a reason. Uh, Arizona State, you know, so when they fire Herm Edwards, how do the players respond? Do they get a spark? Do they cave? What was it? Well, they played they play very hard uh, in the Coliseum against USC. That's a one score game in, uh, in the fourth quarter, plus 400 uh, at home. Uh, in this one against Washington, uh, Washington again down 40 to 16 to UCLA early. If Arizona State could play with USC, I think they could play with Washington at home. I think they got a shot to win it at plus 400. There's a synergy between our picks here, Jimmy, because I like that for the same logic you said with USC. And this week, I'm going to take a team that's playing USC because I think that defense is vulnerable. I'm on Washington State money line plus 360 against the Trojans. I cannot shake the feeling that this USC team is going to get bit in a spot that no one sees coming. They've got a lot of big games approaching that people are going to see coming. I think this is a trappy spot against a Washington State team quarterback, Cameron Ward. I really like him. They played a big role going into Madison and getting Paul Christ fired, winning that game. They went toe-to-toe with Oregon, had a big lead for stretches of that game. Give me Washington State plus 360 to pull the upset against the Trojans. Jimmy, always a pleasure to do this. Good luck with your bets this weekend, my friend. Uh, And we will see you next week back here on the Field of 12 Best Bet Show. All right, go get some sleep. That Tennessee kickoff is early. We'll see you next week. Good luck.
Cabo celebration for the retirement parlay. <laughs>